Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this one is AI, artificial intelligence and radiology, what you need to know. And I have to admit that I was asked to give this talk at my course. And actually what I did is I based it on several other talks I've given, and some of the material has been in CTS Us already. But this is kind of a new approach and with a lot of additional material. And in some sense, my connectivity, I told people at the meeting, was that I was looking forward to radiology 2025, what to expect and what not to expect. And I've used this quote before about Don Rumsfeld talking about the known knowns and the known unknowns. But I really think what we're going to talk about today in great part is the unknown unknowns, things we really don't know we need to know. So that'll be kind of interesting. Now, predicting directions of where things are going, I've always said, is difficult. You know, you could end up like Charles Dooley saying everything that has been invented has been invented. Want to close down the patent office in 1899. Or Tom Watson, founder of IBM, thinking that maybe the world's best company could sell five computers. Or Bill Gates saying 640K. No one even knows what 640K is, but that should be enough, and it's not enough for your watch. Bill Gates did say something I think that's probably more profound. We always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. Don't let yourself be lulled into inaction. And that's really a good point. You know, everything gets hyped up. I mentioned at RSNA this year, AI was everywhere. AI was at the pretzel stand, the coffee stand. AI was in your shower. But it was a lot of hype. AI will change how we do things, but um, it will take a little bit of time, and uh, you need to have some logic in thinking about it. And this uh, larvae in this article made the point about Amara's law. We tend to overestimate the effect of a technology in the short run and underestimate the effect in the long run. At the present, we overestimate the degree in which imaging di diagnosis will be affected by machine learning in the present moment, and we underestimate the role that radiologists have to play in development and deployment of these technologies. However, given the inevitable, it is essential for radiologists to stay abreast of developments in the machine learning field. Now, maybe that statement means short term, the sky isn't falling. Long term, maybe you better think about it. And again, planning is very important because Yogi Berra said it. If you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. Now, in terms of uh, 2025, there are many new technologies, and many of them are impacting in radiology, whether it's something like brain-computer interfaces, or it's precision medicine, or it's 3D printing, or it's digital avatars, or AI. Those are the things, and the other ones also listed, are gonna be a big part of what we do. And I made the point before that I don't like to predict things that are not gonna come true, or predict you know, that the, the images will read themselves. But I think the way I think about things is that things will surely change, uh, particularly in the process of radiology, how referring physician selects the exam, how patients schedule studies, how we perform the studies, how we interpret the studies, how we deliver information back to the referring physician. And the reason I know these things are surely gonna happen is because they've already happened in other disciplines. Uh, and some of the things that will go through are actually in prototype and surely will be rolled out over the next couple of years. And AI is changing so quickly, just look at the newspapers and magazines every week, that medicine will be dragged along 
although probably dragged and hollering along the way. Now, medicine is slower than many other areas, but that makes some sense. We have FDA approval, and you don't want the FDA to rush. You need real data. If you have a toy, as long as it doesn't kill anybody, uh, you can make that toy, and maybe it'll sell, maybe it won't sell. But when FDA is involved, when you're d dealing with patients, you want to make certain that this drug works on one patient but doesn't fail on 99% of the patients or that the complications are so severe. One challenge we have is reimbursement. We don't control like a real business, and that becomes hard when you're looking at investing in new technology. And the fact is, a lot of medicine is still a mom-and-pop operation. Even big hospitals are often run like mom-and-pop operations. Now, I went to CES last year, and I spoke about that in the beginning of the year. And at CES, although it's not a healthcare meeting and it's a personal computers and it's applications, what they made the point was that medical devices are everywhere and will be everywhere. We just don't see them, whether it's part of a smart fridge, whether it's a mirror that looks at your skin and determines your health, whether it's a uh, app platform with collecting diagnostic health data for yourself, whether it's partnerships where you deal with physicians on the phone or with teleradiology, whether it's an Apple Watch, whether it's a L'Oreal sensor for not getting too much sunlight, whether it's a diabetic sock or Neutrogena skin scanner, all of these things are coming along and all of this adds to the information we get from CT and MR. You can see the scan about the fourth one in. And so we're increasing the information we have about you, the individual patient, and hopefully that increase in inflammation will lead to increase in quality services. And the themes really were that new data dimensions are being there for better health. The medical tricorder, like in Star Trek, is coming. The car, is your most sophisticated computing device, not just for driving the car, but the other things, whether it's giving you uh, health lessons or measuring some of your different uh, bodily functions or the connectivity between all of the things at home and at work. And the home becomes your health center. And one of the things they mentioned at uh, the CES meeting was that when you go to the doctor, because you're not feeling well, it's because of a breakdown in your system. And what the goal is, is to manage you at home and prevent those breakdowns. Now, one of the things about technology, particularly in healthcare, that becomes clear, there are four drivers that make it work. One is it needs to be transparent, out of the way. You know, if you have to dial things in and type in numbers, no one's going to use it. It needs to be intuitive, easy to understand, not only on how to use, but why to use. It needs to be intimate and it needs to be constant. And so it's easy if you have a mirror and you're shaving every morning or, or you've been putting on makeup and it looks at your skin and looks for changes and will then recommend possible issues to you, that works very nicely. So how do you translate that to radiology? Well, the computers can schedule patients. There's no doubt, right? I mean, think about it, how is scheduling a and a mammogram any different from getting a table at a restaurant. We do that already with open table. Dictating studies and reports, it needs to be clearer. It needs to be more structured and sent directly to referring docs. Billing process, think PayPal, think YouTube, things are transparent. You're not sitting there counting off chips at the front desk. 
And the marketing becomes important. Again, everything seems to be around social media, RSNA this year, ACR this year spoke a lot about using social media to build up your practice. And the medical conversation you can think about, we had the head of Alexa here a few weeks ago. You could tell Alexa, schedule a CT scan of my abdomen on a day next week that I'm free. And then you could ask Alexa if there's a special prep. And if the, the answer was yes, call the pharmacy and get the prep. And when the study is done, Alexa, schedule a consultation with my referring physician or my radiologist. So again, Alexa becomes the middle person, but you expect that to happen. And it's because of many of the changes I mentioned and many of the changes I will mention that if they ask me the question, what's more important in the future of medicine, group A or group B, I would surely say group B. NVIDIA, Apple, Google, Amazon, they're redoing medicine, particularly on the information and data and transport. They're doing all of that. Group A are gonna make boxes. Now, I think they're trying not to be making boxes only, but there is going to be a challenge. Now, the other thing is there's no doubt that the entire landscape of healthcare is changing. When you see Amazon in healthcare, you know that things are changing. And Anthem, you could see they made a decision to say, we're not going to pay for inpatient CT. Uh, you know, the uh, control these companies have with such large footprints is going to be even more amazing. And then you're going to see the companies like Amazon coming in there and rethinking healthcare and not having legacy systems, they could do things right. There's no doubt that the system we use now, I don't think any of us believe that it will be there a decade from now. Think how new companies like Rad Partners are becoming larger and larger and both on the technical side, the teaching side, just an entire structure. And that brings me to ask you a few other questions. What about the average radiology group size? Well, the truth is when I started, a group of 10 was humongous. Now it's 1,000. There's at least four groups over 700. So I think this conglomeration, people will be part of big groups and not independent contractors or part of small groups, which was the history of radiology. Will we need more or less radiologists? That's a good question. It depends how AI goes. The good news is we're increasing volumes with an aging population. The question is, how will the radiologist be used officially, and how many will you need? Is, is, we'll have to see. I don't want to guess that. Technologists, I think the future, I think one of the big things is in some part, techs will become like PAs, and so they'll be doing fluoroscopy. Penn has them already reading plain films. We shall see. But also, on the computer side, on the scanning side, for example, Siemens is making the scanners easier to use, and so you won't need someone with as much skill set because the computer will know what to do and how to do it, and the tech will be pressing buttons. They even have a remote control where you can scan remotely. So I think the technology role will indeed change, but for a lot of technologists, they'll become RAs, so that'll even be better. Will hospitals and clinics function as they do today? High head count, old school management, is not a good solution. And the new staffs are not really designed for the mission in head, ahead. They're overstaffed, in part they're understaffed, they're poorly staffed, poorly trained, and poorly motivated. I think there's a lot of issues that need to be fixed. Now, when you talk about technology, again, we talk about how things change. You know, faxes were the most common and still remain the most common way of communicating. 
But faxes, you know, there's all sorts of security issues. You often don't get the fax. It's sent to the wrong fax. Um, just a number from this Jonathan Bush article in Harvard Business Review, 120 million faxes still flow. And what you see is a lot of the older practices who don't want to go on computers continue to use faxes. Well, that's inefficient. And Jonathan Bush goes on that 14% of wasted healthcare spending is the result of inefficient administration. Faxing is one of those problems. You have to figure out how to get around old school stuff and move into the future. And you can see even the VA now, CMS administrator Selma Verma calls for in the fax machines. Okay, period, 2020, that's it. It's worked because there was nothing better, but now there's stuff better, and facts just cannot be used. Now, the problem with, of course, technology is unless it's well done and well thought out, it's not going to work well. So, for example, uh, here's an article about emergency uh, department physicians and called 4,000 clicks, and it ends up that the uh, ER docs spend more time on data entry than they spend on anything else. 44% data entry, 28% patient care, 12% reviewing lab results, 13% discussing with colleagues, uh, and 3% other activities. They calculated that the number of mouse clicks in a day was 4,000. Okay? No wonder everybody's unhappy. It's the use of epic-type systems that drives people crazy in and outside of radiology, and that will change. Then you can ask, what about AI or deep learning? Remember that AI is kind of that eggshell, and inside we have machine learning and representation, representation learning and deep learning. Now, healthcare, uh, the chance of what it could do is nothing short of revolutionary. You could think about all the things machine learning analyzes patients' health remotely, comes up with diagnosis, diagnostic devices which can be used to get all the information without going to physician's office, better AI-powered tools for more accurate diagnosis, better algorithms that allow you to determine how to manage patients are just some of the things. And you can see this list lists many different things that will change with AI, but if you focus on the healthcare, look at the savings possible. Look at the productivity possible to increase. So again, massive savings, improving patients' lifespan, improving the, the happiness of physicians, and improving the quality of care for our patients. Now you can see that AI will affect every industry, though healthcare is a bit slower, just because we're always gonna be a bit slower. A, we're not big risk takers, but also there is a tendency, we have very expensive fixed plants, to basically stick with the way things are. But you can see from the line on healthcare, changes from predicting disease and identifying high-risk groups to automating hospital operations to predicting costs and optimizing therapy. Now, when you look at adoption, education, healthcare, and travel tend to be slower, but they will get there eventually just because of the nature of their business. And so if I ask you the question, how do you think radiologists are going to be reading films? I don't think in the future it's going to be the way we do it now. Will it be with AI? Will it be with an RA? Will it be as supporting AI? I don't know the answer, but in a business where error rates as high as 30%, 
in a business where medical errors are a leading cause of mortality and misinterpretation leads to incorrect diagnosis and management. And when you talk about you know, the errors, not just from a legal perspective, but just a patient care perspective, you have to realize that things will indeed have to be different. And one of the things that will be different is how we read the studies, how we look at the studies. Most people are reading axial and a few coronal and sagittal, but you need to have the 3D built in. And remember, when we talk about these systems, it's detection, classification, and then management. And if you think about it, machine learning will displace most of this work or much of this work because it can recognize, determine, plan, and then provide the solutions. I think it's very important to realize at a minimum, it'll be a second user or second reader, but in time it could be the primary reader as it controls so much of the information. And this idea about algorithms who work as hard at 2 a.m. or 9 a.m. is a very important thing. And machine learning will become an indispensable tool for clinicians seeking to understand their patients. As patients' conditions and medical technologies become more complex, the role of machine learning will grow and clinical medicine will be challenged to grow with it. So you can see it's not just where we are, but where we're going. Now you can say, like anything, when you have change, there'll be winners and losers. But I think if you go along with AI and you work and you change, then I think you're going to be one of the winners. So let's stop right here and let's come back in a few minutes and let's do part two of this lecture. Thanks very much.